Thank you for joining Resurrection Lutheran Church this Sunday morning, giving praise with us for God's blessings of music, prayer, and scripture. I, Pastor Karen Perkins, will be sharing a message of grace, forgiveness, and hope. All of the worship leaders welcome you. In the name of God, who makes a way in the wilderness, walks with us, and guides us in our pilgrimage. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us pray. Eternal God, your kingdom has broken into our troubled world through the life, death, and resurrection of your Son. Help us to hear your word and obey it, and bring your saving love to fruition in our lives. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Now it's time for our children's message. During Lent, we have heard about Jesus' journey through the wilderness. And we can also have journeys like this and walk through times of wilderness, exile, or famine in our lives, whether imposed by ourselves or others. Now we are reminded by Apostle Paul today that such experiences are common to everyone. 1 Corinthians 10.13 No testing has overtaken you that is not common to everyone. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tested beyond your strength. But with the testing, he will also provide the way out so that you may be able to endure it. Last week, I spoke of the church and the adults of the church being a safe space. But this week, I want to focus on how kids are also called to support others. Sadly, children have seen so much that is mean and frightening in recent years and are not exempt from the related spiritual testing that comes with it. There's a saying that came to mind when I read that. We're all in the same storm, but we have different boats. That is a reminder to take care that you counter negative experiences by modeling gentle, life-giving fruits of faith and caring for a lonely friend who thirsts for companionship, standing up for a bullied classmate, or helping to carry something heavy for someone else. We can all provide a way out for others whose testing threatens to overwhelm them. Let us pray. Dear God, thank you for staying with us on our journeys. Please help and guide us to be helpful to those around us on their journeys. Amen. about current tragic events, Jesus turns a lesson about whether suffering is deserved into a hard call to obedience. He then tells a parable that holds out hope that the timeline for ultimate judgment will be tempered by patience. The Holy Gospel according to Luke. 
Glory to you, O Lord. At that very time, there were some present who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. Jesus asked them, Do you think that because these Galileans suffered in this way, they were worse sinners than all other Galileans? No, I tell you. But unless you repent, you will all perish as they did. Or those 18 who were killed when the Tower of Siloam fell on them, do you think that they were worse offenders than all the others living in Jerusalem? No, I tell you. But unless you repent, you will all perish just as they did. Then he told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came looking for fruit on it and found none. So he said to the gardener, See here, for three years I have come looking for fruit on this fig tree, and still I find none. Cut it down. Why should it be wasting the soil? He replied, Sir, let it alone for one more year until I dig around it and put manure on it. If it bears fruit next year, well and good. But if not, you can cut it down. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. to be seated. So this is the third week in a row where there's an at that very time or next he. Uh, the first week in Lent, it was immediately he was driven out into the desert and tested by whom? The devil. The devil, thank you. And then the next week, immediately some Pharisees came and were asking him. And so I don't have to ask you who was challenging him, the Pharisees. And now it just says, uh, at that very time, they were asking about the Galileans. I'm pointing this out because there's, there's a focusing of who are the people that are challenging Jesus. And it's going to come down to us. So we're on this journey of understanding, yes, there is evil in the world. And yes, there are systems in the world. And yes, there is tragedy in the world. And how is it that we are to live hopefully in it? What hope is offered to us in Christ? What are we supposed to get out of it? And of course, the first the first thing that the, the, whoever it was that he was talking to were, I mean, we're given to assume that it's the apostles or, or disciples in general, is was it these people's fault? What happened when Pilate mingled blood with their sacrifices? And what happened when the tower, so these are tragedies that happened in the day, not, not of particular significance outside of this story other than they give a very specific time. We're talking about real people and real events and real tragedies that people are trying to understand in the face of, in the face of their Jewish 
heritage and teaching and in the face of what Jesus is telling them. So, of course, Jesus points out, that's not how God works. And whenever we try to figure out who's, why, why is this happening? Are these people suffering because? And we do it in terms of people living with addictions. We have a tendency to blame them for their choices without really understanding the complexity of what's involved in, in living with addictions. Last night we were at the Aware Women of Distinction banquet and talking about the, just the uh, challenges that are faced by women who are victims of sexual violence or domestic violence and how often they are treated as though they are not worth time, energy, or wholeness because, because of their behavior, because of their addiction, because they stayed, because they keep going back. So even though we may not say, okay, this person was born in this condition because, we still do that blame thing. We still do that blame thing where people, where we treat people like they deserve, they deserve some challenges that I don't deserve, because it's always going to be that I don't deserve, right? Very seldom are we going to say, oh, we all deserve. But it is about we all, because that's how God works. Because that's how God works. Because we're all in different places in our growth, in different places in our journey. And so then Jesus tells this parable about the the fig tree. So, according to what I read, fig trees typically start to pr produce fruit by the second year, but not always. Some of them take three, four, five years before they start to bear fruit. If Jesus is talking about fig trees in a community that would have known this, they know that the instruction to cut it down, that it's wasting space. It's because it's not producing fruit at the earliest possible opportunity. Right? That's the message there. And, and in parables, I think sometimes we, we tend to default to thinking that the landowner is God. But in this story, we hear the landowner said, not worth the space, cut it down. Cut it down, which is not that different from us saying, you know what, if this person could get it together, if they would just get a job, if they would just stop, stop drinking, if they would just get out of the house, if they would just whatever, if they would just, anything that, anything that we want to put, if they would just, it's not just in the sense of justice or just in the sense of it being all that easy because people wouldn't live through horrors that they had a choice to get out of. So at the earliest possible opportunity, this fruit does not, this tree does not bear fruit, and the landowner says, cut it down. That's not, that's not God. Who's God in this parable? Or Jesus, as the case may be? Gardener. The gardener who said, wait a minute. Let me tend to it. 
Let me nourish it. Let me put manure on it. Okay, we all know what manure is, right? Huh? Poop, among other things. Waste. Let me tend to it. Give it some attention. Give it the space it needs. I, I'm not a gardener, so you wouldn't want me trimming and um, fertilizing and tending. But in this, the gardener, the gardener, the one with the expertise, the one with the care. I mean, the gardener, right, is the one who cares for what's growing there. So let me tend to it. Let's give it more time. Because that's how God treats us. God gives us directions, commandments, prophecy, prayer, scripture, each other, in many cases a moral compass, so that we know what we're supposed to be doing. We know how we're called to live as Christians. But all of us only have a certain amount of success doing that. And sometimes a heck of a lot of non-success. That's going to be my word of the day, non-success. Failure. We err, we mess up, or we, we, we think, oh, I should have. And usually, oh, I should have comes after a whole heck of a lot of defensiveness, right? It's always amazing when other people are defensive about criticism, because I'm never defensive about criticism. But of course we are. But once we get past that denying, 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 and can really receive the insights that we're being offered, and, and sometimes it's through love of you know, somebody else who's in this fellowship. Sometimes it's through the word. Sometimes it's through the words of a song. That's the nourishment. That's the tending to. That's the opportunity to bear fruit. And then I want you to notice that the gardener says, if next year it doesn't bear fruit, you can cut it down. Phrased exactly that way. But that's, that's the general idea. Because the landowner says, cut this tree down. Not only does the little gardener want to take care of it, but then the gardener says, you cut it down. I'm not going to cut it down. I'm going to continue to tend to this garden. Now, I don't actually believe that God turns us over to another to be cut down. I think the only thing we're ever turned over to is our own will, given a choice. But that, that model is the continued caring for. And as Jesus is telling his, this story, on the journey to Jerusalem, you know, last week was Jerusalem, Jerusalem, a prophet can't be killed outside of Jerusalem. He's heading towards Jerusalem to be crucified. Okay? So we often use the imagery of a tree or talk about the tree as a cross. And... Jesus is, is going to be lifted up on this tree. So this tree imagery here, not only is the nourishment some gentle love, but there's some real painful love, too. 
And this gets past, you know, Paul says, suffering is common to all. There are times that it's helpful to know that so that we don't, don't focus on ourselves as somehow alone, carrying burdens alone, or abandoned. But that can be, if, if somebody says that to a suffering person, oh, everybody has problems, how helpful is it? It's not. Because there's also this very particular nature of this tree that's being tended to. This tree that's being nourished. This tree that's being nourished by tough stuff. What we would consider waste, except that that's how it makes the tree bear fruit. Jesus is going through this process for us as individuals, which is common to all, right? Does it for everybody as individuals. So we don't tell people, oh yeah, everybody, everybody goes through that. And then the last thing is that Paul says a variation on God doesn't give you more than you can handle, right? Tell that to somebody who's suffering and how helpful is it? Not so much. We should turn it around and say, not that God doesn't give you more than you can handle, but God will give you what you need to handle it. God's not, not cursing you with some burden that, oh yeah, Randy can handle this much this week. Lorinda, a little, little different amount. No, but we are in this suffering, and God's going to give you whatever it is. Give you that. That's, again, the specificity of taking care of this tree so that you can handle it. It's always going to be a message of hope. Jesus isn't going to the cross as a dismal, um, critical, angry, threatening message. It's a message of hope. Pay attention this week. Pay attention this week to how God is fertilizing you. See what you notice. I might ask you next week. And then see if noticing it maybe gives you some, some clarity on fruit that you're being called to bear. So that we're all nourished. Never abandoned to be cut down. I invite you to rise as you are able. Let us sing. the Apostles' Creed. I believe, I believe in, in God, God the Father, Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. 
I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. close to the heart of God, we offer these prayers for the church, the world, and all who are in need. We pray for the church around the world in all its forms, for pastors, deacons, bishops, chaplains, and mission developers, for church councils, committee chairs, and all lay ministry leaders, for congregations that contemplate difficult decisions about the future of their ministry. Merciful God, Receive our prayer. For the health of this planet and the well-being of all its creatures, for lands impacted by droughts and at risk of wildfires, for fig trees and vineyards that produce fruit for our nourishment and delight, for animal habitats threatened by climate change. Merciful God, for those called into positions of civic responsibility, for judges, attorneys, court administrators, tasked with uncovering truth and delivering justice, for activists and community leaders who cast a vision of a more compassionate and equitable society. Merciful God, receive our prayer. For those who call upon you for mercy, for all who live in poverty and experience hunger, for any who feel tested beyond their strength, for those who are hospitalized or near death, and for all in need of healing, for the people of Ukraine living in fear or as refugees. Merciful God. For the advocacy efforts of this congregation, for those whose faith leads them to speak difficult truths and engage in difficult conversations with policymakers, for those who promote mercy over vengeance or retaliation. Merciful God. Receive our prayer. For those called to public ministry in the ELCA, Presiding Bishop Elizabeth Eaton, Alaska Synod Bishop Shelley Wickstrom, Bishop Tessa Moon Lyseth of our sister synod, and Alaska Southeast Cluster, Pastor Karen Perkins and Sitka Lutheran Church Sitka, grant wisdom to inform all ministries. Merciful God, receive our prayer. And for what else do the people of God pray? For those escaping domestic violence or sexual violence. For all those who are 
for those who are hated because of their gender identity, their religious identity, their place of origin, their politics, for any that we might, might forget are also worth God's time. Accept the prayers we bring, O God, on behalf of a world in need, and for the sake of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. part of our service where we lift up our gifts to God. We offer ourselves, our time, and our possessions. Members, of course, are encouraged to give our regular tithes and offerings through an assigned number, and we have regular vehicles for doing that. You're invited to go to our website and use PayPal or one of the other donate buttons that we have on the website. You can make a special offering to the RLC on KINY ministry, which helps keep this on the air, or to the RLC food pantry, or to Juno Live, which helps with community outreach. You're also more than welcome to come by in person or make a food donation. We Encourage people also to be involved with the community and appreciate volunteers. All of these things are gathered together in song and prayer. Let us pray. Extravagant God, you have blessed us with the fullness of creation. Now we gather at your feast where you offer us the food that satisfies. Take and use what we offer here. Come among us and feed us with the body and blood of Christ in whose name we pray. Amen. Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our, Our Father, Father, who art in heaven, heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The mission of Resurrection Lutheran Church is to promote spiritual growth in Christ and service to all people. You are children of God anointed with the oil of gladness and strengthened for the journey. Almighty God, motherly, majestic, and mighty, bless you this day and always. Amen.
Go in peace. Jesus meets you on the way. Thanks Thanks be to God. This has been an abridged worship service of Resurrection Lutheran Church. You are welcome to join us for worship in person on Sunday mornings at 930. We are located at 740 West 10th Street in downtown Juneau. Our phone number is 586-2380. More information about our location, parking lot, current COVID policy, and other contact information is available on our website at rlcjuno.org. The website is also the best way to learn about what events are happening with the community outreach ministry, Juno Live. With a vital food pantry, bell choir, quilting group, Bible study, and others, there may be a ministry here just for you. Come and see.